I hate to admit it, I live in panic mode. It's not a place a Christian belongs, but there it is. Living in panic mode means I don't trust God and make my own plan and to get out of whatever situation is worrying me. My plans frequently fail, and I discover God had a better plan all along. <laughs> and I'm in great company. In this case, I'm thinking about Abraham, although there are a myriad of others who serve as good or as a bad examples in the Bible. Not once, but twice Abraham blew it when he traveled into a land ruled by another. The first time occurred before God changed Abraham and Sarah's name from Abram and Sarai. At this point, Sarai was absolutely gorgeous, even at about 70 years of age. She ends up in Pharaoh's harem, but God comes to Pharaoh in a dream and warns him that he's about to commit a big sin if he doesn't return Sarai to her husband, Abram. So Pharaoh returns Sarai, but not without a cost. Pharaoh gives Abram a lecture about how horrible his actions were and the effects on the Egyptian people. Have you ever had a non-believer tell you how to act like a Christian and he or she is right? How humbling is that? Fast forward 20 years and this time newly renamed Abraham takes his now pregnant wife Sarah and heads to Gerar ruled by Abimelech. Again, Abraham tells Sarah to tell everyone that he is her brother. Now at 90 years of age, is she still gorgeous? <laughs> Probably not. Although some ancient rabbis believed that God rejuvenated Sarah's body when she got pregnant, there's another, nothing in scriptures along those lines. It's more probable that Abimelech wants Sarah because she is the sister of an extremely rich and powerful man. What an alliance that would make. As God had appeared to Pharaoh, he comes to Abimelech in a dream. But this time he says, you're a dead man. And your people will die too if you don't let Sarah go back to her husband. And like before, the ruler returns Sarah and gives Abraham the same kind of lecture given earlier by Pharaoh. <laughs> what a dressing down he received. This time, Abraham gives all sorts of excuses. He said he was afraid of Abimelech because he and his people didn't fear God. In other words, it was Abimelech's fault. Next, he says, it was God's fault because God made him wander to this land. Then he says it was because he and Sarah had a long-standing agreement that any time they got into this type of situation, they would tell the same lie. He refused to take responsibility for what he'd done. Both times, Abraham told a half-truth. He and Sarah did have the same father with different mothers, so they were half-siblings. But when a half-truth is told with the intention to deceive, it equals a whole lie. Abraham tells this lie because he is doubting God's promise of protection. So he makes his own plan. His plan affects others in a negative way. Time to bring this back around. When I doubt God's promise of protection, I make my own often disastrous half-cocked plan. My poor plan often affects others negatively. Unfortunately, most of the time, it's my family that suffers. And oh boy, am I good at making excuses. I blame others so I don't have to take responsibility. Why do I doubt? It's never because God failed to come through in the past. 
God has come through for me over and over and over again. Can you relate? Lord, may I trust your plan in all circumstances.